Um, but yeah, I'm glad you uh, came back on for this one because the last one we did uh, was a while ago, and it mm-hmm. was all about the the Times Magazine, the election rigging article, and uh, Bitcoin. We talked about yeah, yeah, we, we talked, talked a little Bitcoin. crypto. Yeah, but we never time got to your flew. yeah, we never got to your COVID uh, takes, uh, which you know we should definitely do for this one. Um, yeah, there's always there's there's certain there's certain guests where I feel like you hit the upper limit easily. And it's like, all right, how do I ring these topics out as much as, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I'm like scrambling. I'm like, I record yeah. at my desk every time and I'll be like scrambling for my system of like post-it notes and like, what the fuck do I got here? Uh, and then there's guests where it's like, you'll never actually touch everything in the time. And uh, yeah, I feel like that's a uh, present company. The dating topic. You just go back to the dating topic. So what do you think of modern dating? <laughs> well, yeah, that's like when in, when in doubt when you're having a, a female guest on. <laughs> Yeah, just that one. So yeah, do you think these drunk people exist? Uh, <laughs> if we uh, if we have a bad time and we run out of stuff to talk about, I got into a controversy on Twitter the other day. This is at trustworthy Slav. This is at incognito C O H C R K Black build. This is the Fed Post. Boys being better than the Beatles. Okay, the Beach all right. Boys. Uh, that's that's a spicy. Uh, as a as a as a Beach Boys fan, uh, that's challenging even me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the Beatles are kind of overrated. Of course, uh, you think that. I don't of course, love I do. Them. Right? Cause <laughs> you don't. You don't love them either. Nah, they're not. Yeah. They don't do it for me. I mean, I respect their thing or whatever. Have you, you know like done I mean? the like sat down and listened to the Beatles? Thing? Yeah, I've listened to a shitload of them because uh, right. like everyone does that. They're like, "Well, have you actually listened to the Beatles though?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. there's like some done- creative dudes that like picked up some instruments and made some good noises, which is Indeed, that's actually. like impressive. Uh, that it just doesn't scratch my itch." Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. No, uh, they well, got I, some bangers. They got some bangers. They got to, <laughs> but Beach Boys is a vibe. That's like a permanent vibe. You know, anywhere you hear it, anywhere sure. you are, it could be freezing out. You just you feel the vibe instantly. I mean, maybe yeah, it's a sure. normie take, but I do think like I do think Pet Sounds surpasses any album that the Beatles put out. Right, um, because it it hits this thing where not only did so with the Beatles, there's a distinction between their stuff that gets critical acclaim versus stuff that would get played in like a movie and that everybody mm-hmm. thinks about when they want, when they hear the Beatles, the beach yes. boys actually managed to unify those two things with pet sounds in particular. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, and, and it's also just beyond that. Like if, 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 if anybody is like at all interested in music production, it, even in like a passing capacity, like pet sounds is, is just like required listening. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's pro it's prolific in, in that craft aspect of it. Is that the album Pet Sounds? Yeah, it's the yeah. Uh, it's the it's the one where they're like feeding goats on the cover. Uh, it's probably it's like it's it's there of like all their albums. That's the one that has like the biggest combination of both critical acclaim and commercial success. And it's yeah. like it's you know I don't know much about music, so like I am always kind of talking at my at my ass a little bit on this stuff. But like uh, it it you know some people people are saying to use a word. Uh, you know, God only knows, uh, you know, potentially greatest song of all time. Also yeah. just the, as you know, Slav said, the production methods. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like Brian, w- it's the album that Brian Wilson sacrificed his like permanent sanity at the altar of music for like he yeah. went, went off tour and then was just dropping acid every day and producing this album. And it's like, uh, I mean, did you, I mean, I guess you're not a huge Beatles guy, but like CRK, have you listened to like Rubber Soul, like the Beatles album? Um, So like, I don't, I don't know the albums. I didn't do like a deep, I I remember running through everything when I was like a teenager, but like, uh, I know like uh, the word, I think that's on Rubber Soul. Uh, That one was fire. I think the word is in that era of like Rubber Soul or Revolver. It's the, the, the transition from like, uh, from like, you know, poppy poppy boppers for the teenies uh Mm. like Mm -hmm. to 
like acid culture Beatles, like that middle right. ground of like Revolver and uh, and Rubber Soul is like the best stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Before they went off the deep end or whatever, like yeah. I mean, the yeah. deep end stuff is still good too, but uh, and like and Pet Sounds is basically like is like that perfected. It's it's like it's him doing uh it's him doing like shit that will get played on the radio. That's like mm-hmm. really really solid pop music, but but it's also like psychotic and like if you listen to the <laughs> lyrics it's like it's someone being d- like deeply unwell it's awesome it's fucking really pet sounds is so fucking good i didn't know they had like a psychedelic uh side as well yeah uh, well like goats on the cover they gotta be well yeah, good, right. good, good vibrations right i mean you're familiar with that mm. Mm. right <laughs> right 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 yeah and like and brian wilson's like straight up like like literally schizophrenic yeah brian Um, wilson i mean so that i mean this era is what split up the band too because the the other guys were not on board with the drug culture stuff that you know brian wilson was into and that's what caused the tension that kind of broke them apart combined with the fact that you know brian wilson lost his mind like when they tour now the beach boys still tour but they don't tour with brian wilson they haven't toured with brian wilson i think in like 30 years uh He tours on his own, just like, I think it's just like him and his piano or something like that. But, you know, he's, I mean, the, what, the way one of my friends described him is he's just like a star child at this point. Like, it's not, there's not like a complete human being there. You know what That's I mean? That's a perfect just, way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it fucking uh, uh, Pet Sounds is just is just uh, the monolith in 2001. Uh, and then and then, you know, to add on to that, too, his brother, like to add on to just like getting gun shy from the drug culture, like his brother and maybe him a little bit, like spent some time around Manson. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah. The, in the 60s. And then that came back to bite him in the ass because they're like, you know, they're like hanging out with, you know, presumably like this guy who's just like bringing prostitutes around and drugs. And, you know, they're, you know, talking to him like, oh, we can, you know, help you get into the music industry. And, you know, that played a big part in, you know, him going fucking totally ape shit. Um, fucking very weird. Very weird. Yeah, shit. that's one of the weirdest, like, sort of just like pieces of esoterica is like that. You've heard Manson rec- like recorded that song, right? When he was trying, mm-hmm. I forget. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? I forget what it's called. I thought he, he had re- a couple of songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got like a couple of singles or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and he like he I think he recorded them with not Brian Wilson, but the, the, the brother who like died swimming. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. He was involved because Manson had all those connections to the music industry. Like if he yeah. wasn't, he, he 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 knew all the right people. I guess is like the best way to put it. Yeah, and I think it I think it's like one of those things of like honestly, sort of like uh, like like Epstein in a in a sort of way where yeah, like that's exactly. That is exactly what it's like. He's like the yeah. 1960s Epstein. Yep. It, it, but but like but like accidentally almost I think. <laughs> unless you're somebody that and I don't know, I'm like I'm agnostic on it, but like unless you're one of these people that thinks that like Manson was like MK Ultra and shit like that, which is a possibility, but like uh he like he like insinuated himself into these circles through like drugs and like yeah, yeah having these whores and and so, like, it's kind of this weird thing of, like, yeah, like, Charlie Manson knows that, like, Dennis Hopper raped a chick at a party or something and, like, mm. is selling drugs. And so, like, dude, that's the real – that's one of the things that made the Manson story really big, too, right? Is that, it, like, it, like, implicated all of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, uh, Bugliosi, I think, was the the guy who wrote Helter Skelter and was the lawyer. He, like, wrote the whole moral panic drug narrative around it of, like, this is the dangers of LSD so that it, <laughs> it didn't actually touch on the real thing of it, which is just, like, Hollywood with all these high-class, drug-addled retards that, like, fell into this thing and let this thing happen. I, um, I think you're exactly right there, too, mm. in, in, in terms of, like... Epstein did his thing. He was in a very similar situation, but you could tell he meticulously planned the whole thing out. Whereas Manson was just, I mean, I, I am of the opinion. I don't, we'll never know, but Manson was just a a lunatic. You know what I mean? He's just like a psycho uh, that was able to put it, you know, psychotic people sometimes have these skills to put themselves into these situations. Right. Like, but, which uh, he obviously had, but like he, I don't think he was like, he wasn't like trying to necessarily make himself rich and powerful, you know, as a means to an end itself. He was just nuts right. doing crazy shit. 
He's vibing. Yeah, I like Fooling. I know like a weird amount about like the lore around like the Tate LaBianca murders and the Manson thing. And like one one thing that I like about it, and I think you take this stuff with a grain of salt because I think like Manson, I didn't expect to talk about this, but Manson has this kind of there's this like air about it that gets people to maybe attribute more than maybe is there because it's it's the whole thing of he's like he's an American modern myth a little bit. Yeah. Right. And and so he's it, so people kind of put this thing on of, of he's an amalgamation of like modern American culture. And and the big the big thing, right, is that he was in and out of like juvenile detention facilities when he was young, getting like raped all the time. Right. Yeah. And then as part of just our kind of like corrections system culture, like a lot is written about how he was given how to win friends and influence people. And he and he studied that (laughs) book like religiously. And so the kind of narrative that forms right is that he was totally whacked. Right. And that, yeah, this kind of American bootstraps kind of culture and this book made him this like psychotic almost like an American psycho, except as a hippie, right? Like, um, And he he did all this during a time period of like great, kind of similar to what we're in now, like a, a very large amount of change and tumultuous change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just to the point where like you had a lot of people who were, I, I don't know a better way to phrase it than there was kind of a very wild, just like vibe in the general culture at that time right yeah. because of everything that was going on and it was such a wild time so i think that very much you know he became sort of like an emblem of that time period 100 like it kind of it kind of makes me think of like like the permissiveness of the 60s counterculture too gives this kind of fe- and because he had all these young runaway girls with him it's like that feeling of like uh you know you have to invite a vampire into your house to let them in right yep. they can't mm-hmm. come in and like and like manson is like the vampire getting in the house <laughs> from that open-mindedness of the 60s and the loss mm. of innocence from it too because there was like a time like early on there was this sort of this idea that like all this sort of permissiveness wasn't going to have consequences right mm-hmm. it was going to be like right. the the age of aquarius crap like and all that stuff right and Ma- manson in a way almost represents the end of that right because he was like no like there are mm. consequences like this isn't just going to be all sunshine and rainbows, you know, what we've the way society is moving. Totally. And that's where like 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 the uh, like the feds, like the feds making it like a really like cultural and like moral panic narrative in the out like in the tail end of it has like some ulterior motives. But that like loss of innocence aspect of it is like one of the aspects that's like pretty Pretty, pretty accurate, to be honest. Uh, and, and like it definitely like I think they they glossed over like the the class aspect of it and the fact that like like something that is mind blowing is like um, uh, Manson, like there were people that worked for intelligence agencies that were members of the family, at least one. And Manson also had been picked up by police whole like uh, in possession of like of like illegal firearms and in being with minors like three or four times and was just like let go for no reason. Like, and so one of the, you know, one of the theories and there's like a lot backing it up is that Manson had like a lot of connections with the feds and that, you know, uh, like all these times that he was kind of just catch and released was because he was an asset. And, and then this goes into like Mm. COINTELPRO and there was a lot of people, uh, the the most innocent reading, right, is that you just have a lot of people that are, you know, in Hollywood trying to infiltrate like Maoist groups and, and, and civil rights groups. And then they kind of, uh, you know, get caught up with Manson and it's kind of a burn after reading thing. It's like, well, they didn't like have anything in particular to do with it, but they just like failed to prevent it and they were associated or okay. a much a much deeper, darker meaning, you know, is like kind of like the Pulse nightclub. Maybe they had something to do with it or even crazier. Like maybe he was some form of MK Ultra. Like it's 
fucking insane. Well, there's also, the, there's, also, okay. there's also the possibility, too, that, like, you know, I mean, he was well-known around town in L.A., mm-hmm. and that, you know, that you had, you know, people that were working for the federal government that just sort of got involved in his orbit and enjoyed it. And when he got picked up, he was able to just call in favors because he knew the right people. You know what I mean? It, it, right. They may not, he may not have even necessarily quote unquote been working for them at so much as like, you know, there were just some powerful people that enjoyed, enjoyed the drugs and the girls and all this sort of stuff. And as a result, good. you know, he could call in favors when he needed them. I like, yeah. I love the idea. It, 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 it seems like kind of like, like a, like a Cohen film of, of just like your, uh, your criminal justice system just like gives some young man like a self-help book and this resource alone is enough <laughs> for him to just like charm the pants off of like innumerable federal agents yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that in drugs and pussy is enough to just break the intelligence apparatus of the united states <laughs> have you guys by the way just like on this topic have you guys ever seen beyond the valley of the dolls Dude, I haven't. I want no. to. It's <laughs> worth it's worth watching. Uh, like uh, CRK and COH, you guys are you guys familiar with it or no? No, I'm not no, familiar. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Do you know who Russ Meyer is? No. No. Okay, so he made all these like very just weird movies uh, in the '60s and '70s uh that were they were known for a few things number one like he was sort of like the king of like these like b movies and most of which are too weird for me i'm kind of a i'm not good with that stuff too well uh the second thing is he is known for always casting women with gigantic cans uh and like, <laughs> man had, of like, taste yes he had like, <laughs> he used to always joke about it and everything and he and always topless uh, like that was like his movies always basically had topless chicks in it anyway he actually I'm got sold. to do one big budget movie in his career and he co-wrote it with Roger Ebert, like the Roger Ebert you're thinking of, the movie oh. reviewer guy, weirdly enough. Uh, they wrote it in 69 and it came out in 1970. And it's like a it's a parody, basically, of uh a lot of the things that we're talking about, like right now, mm-hmm. like that sort of loss of innocence, the late sixties, there's a Manson like storyline involved. Uh, the there's a trans there's actually, which for the time was wild. There's a transgender character in it. Uh, it's a, a very, 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 very bizarre, bizarre movie. Well, I co- saw, I saw it for the first time just with my girlfriend at the time, we, we just had like HBO on in the background. Then it came on and based solely on the opening scene, we were like, Oh, we got to watch this all the way to the end. Uh, it, Cause it was just so odd. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of known as like this sort of bizarre classic and the studio, I think lost money on it. Uh, and Russ Meyer went back to making like low budget movies, but it became like this giant cult classic. Well, and the craziest, like this is, I'm almost hoping that, that, that that you like were unaware of this so that I can just blow your fucking mind in real time. But like the most insane part of Valley of the Dolls is that Sharon Tate is fucking in it. It was like no, one of like so Sharon Tate is in Valley of the Dolls. This is beyond the Valley oh, of the beyond Dolls. Beyond the Valley Oh god damn it. It's All actually right. called that partially because part of the parody is of Valley of the Dolls. Uh, okay, so, God, then like I, it, I, it's a it's a it's self-referential to Valley of the Dolls. Um, yeah, gotcha. so, but I know, yeah, Sharon Tate is in, yeah, the, the actual Valley of the Dolls. Right, 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 right. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, dude. Too, too many boxes and boxes there. What's the significance of, of Sharon Tate? Is she, I don't really she's, know. Oh, Polanski. Oh. She's Polanski's wife that got murdered. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. That's the, Ooh. the, you know, just pregnant, gets stabbed up by all these kids and then you know piggies and helter skelter gets written on the wall in her blood dude honestly we could like do we could fucking do just an entire episode just talking about the manson shit i'd be down because i don't know shit about the manson family i don't i don't i really don't know much about it so did you did you see once upon a time in hollywood no i was about to bring that up i know he's like a factor in that movie yeah Mm -hmm. that's the extent of my knowledge for the most part I think like uh, it's I can't say that the movie is like, you know, 90 percent of the movie has like nothing to do with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, that final. I mean, we've all seen it, right? I have uh, not, seen, I actually I have not seen, seen the movie. 
No. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'll just I'll just say, you know, you know, I'm sure you're already aware, you know, Tarantino has these ramping up into just extreme bursts of ultraviolence. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. And especially late Tarantino, where he he's holding it until the end where you get this big catharsis. Uh and like, right. it, like it's prolific in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's and it's uh, it's a lot more it's a lot more fulfilling if you know a lot about the Tate Labianca murders for sure. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. that's all I'll say about it because 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 the surprise he does is 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 the best part of the movie. But um, yeah, man, dude, that would be fucking cool if we did a uh, if we did another movie up of that. And sure. then yeah, anyway, I'd be down. We'll do, we'll do we'll do uh, we'll do planning future episodes uh, live with Fredo here. <laughs> I like it. I'm happy. A- any you know anything I can uh, contribute, I'm happy to do it. Like in terms of just like you know getting your creative juices flowing for your uh, your more your 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 more standard episodes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Anything to break us out of nonstop COVID uh, doom pilling and, and all that. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a new one. Let's talk about lib pandemic this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, it's something we have to fight to like not bring up because I know you're on uh, the good old boys uh, live streams a lot. I mean, do you guys like you guys manage to avoid it a lot or whatever? Because we we I don't know. It's like a trap, a sinkhole to always fall into. I mean, I feel like the way we usually handle it is if there's like a new story during the week, we will do it. Like we don't mm-hmm. make, we don't make efforts to avoid it, but we also right. never let it become the bulk of a live stream. Right. Unless mm-hmm. it, I mean, early on, I mean, there were times that we did, right. Because it was the, you know, sort of the biggest story and it was a new thing. But, uh, I feel like, you know, when we cover it, if we do an act, like I, we usually do a stream every once a week between an hour and an hour and a half. You know, we might spend 20 minutes on it. You know what I mean? Something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if something new would, would happen that week. So it, it we try to avoid becoming like a one note type thing. And I think we do a pretty good job with that. That's the yeah, big that's the big sure. hazard with uh, with COVID, I Definitely. think, because I, I think it's 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 part of the it's part of the design. Right. Is like just getting into that zig whenever they zag kind of thing. And dude, it takes so much fucking like calm that I don't have in my character, to be totally honest, to like not take <laughs> the bait every time. Yeah. Well, well yeah. they ch- they change so quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, The narrative changes so quickly. And then the other part of it is it does affect all of our lives so much every day. Right. So like it's not how do I put this like, okay, you know, there are you can get obsessed with like a lot of different political issues. Right. That you sort of can get out of by just saying like, okay, I'm not going to pay attention to this anymore. Right. You can't really do that with COVID, right? Because you're, right, you're, right. You're, you know, your job is making you get a vaccine or mm-hmm. you're getting on an airplane and you have to put on a mask or you got to be worried yep. about your flight getting canceled or you got to like, you know, you got to be worried about like the next shit they're going to come down the pipe with that's going to affect something you were planning. Well, I just had I just had know someone whose sister just had her wedding canceled for the second time. You know what I mean? So like, right. unfortunately, you don't have the option to just ignore it and move on with your life. That's what I mm-hmm. think makes it so challenging. I, yeah, I always say this, too, because like, you know, I, I feel like it, it is almost unavoidable. And there's this element that I dislike of, of like people just being dismissive and saying, oh, you know, this isn't a big deal. Uh, I feel like from the left, it'll be like, oh, this is boring. This is like a ghost topic. I don't want to talk about this anymore. What lockdown? There never was a lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah. And then from the right, there's also like this element of like, oh, well, I'm in a red state. Nobody cares about it here. So this isn't really a problem, even Mm -hmm. though it's like affected like everything. Like it's restructured, like grander society that trickles down to it it does affect them in some way or another. It might not be in their face, like, you know, in a lib city or whatever. I mean, and then just, I mean, caring about people, you know, to some extent too, right? Like, like I live in a red state in a very red County, like the, you know, my town has a, a let's go Brandon merch store, literally like in the center (laughs) of downtown. But like still, you know, I have family members that live in blue States. I have friends, people that I care about that live in blue States. Right. And I like, so it's definitely still has an effect on my life. Yeah, and that, that hundred employees thing is is everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna affect eighty million people. So that's a fuckload of people. 
we'll see. I mean, we'll see when the decision comes down, I suppose. Right. Like exactly how that's going to, I've, I, you know, I felt it's hard to take like your emotion out of it. Right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you try to read the tea leaves on which way that decision is going to go, yeah. um, the most striking part about the oral arguments to me was not even necessarily the reading the tea leaves part. It was, you know, there's been a lot of talk about like, oh, you know, the liberal justices made all these wacky claims that were factually false, making COVID seem worse than it was. Uh, and then actually the one the one thing that happened that I don't think got enough attention is uh, Justice Sotomayor actually made a reference to federal police power during her, like whether this was a valid, actually I think stating that this was a valid exercise of federal police power. That's very weird because they sort of teach you in first year law school that there is not a plenary federal police power that that's reserved to the states. So it's just sort of an odd statement. And that the combination of those things actually led me to two conclusions. Um, one of which is, but actually I should say both of which really sort of have ruined a lot of the mystique of the Supreme court. Um, the first conclusion was like that a, a significant number of the justices are actually just like scared human beings. I know that's like a weird thing to say, <laughs> but like they're, they're not like uh, on some level, you know, master maniacal schemers, at least some of these people literally are just like, they're just kind of, boomers who are watching MSNBC and psyching themselves out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because yeah. it, I, I don't buy that the, like the, the misinformation on like the hundred thousand children and stuff. Like, I don't think that was some grand scheme to spread misinformation because absolutely e- e- even the, even like Reuters fact checked her on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. so they wouldn't right. have done that if that was the idea. Uh, that was, I mean, she literally thought that uh, she was, was just really it, afraid. It has it has Mm. like that that like shaky boomer inflection just in the statement itself. You know what I mean? Where you're like, like, mom, what are you talking about? Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's nonsense. (laughs) It's a really retarded statement, too, because it's 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 like particularly false. You know, like gifted liars don't say shit like that. And then the federal police power statement sort of drew this second conclusion where at least, I mean, at least Sotomayor, maybe not the other justices, really just aren't even that smart, right? Like, I mean, and I'll I'll give you like an example, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, if she were alive today and still on the court, and let's say she wasn't, I mean, later in her career, she seemed like fairly senile, right? So put that aside, just like think about her like in her prime. Mm -hmm. So she absolutely, I believe, would have voted to uphold the mandate. Um, and she would have twisted around logic in any way possible to make it happen. But I mean, I'm not a fan of hers, but she was a smart lady and she would not have made that statement. You know what I mean? She would have Mm -hmm. come up with like a much better, more colorable sort of legal argument to make at least when speaking out loud, right. To sort of, to, to, to get her point across. So those are the two parts about it that, that sort of really jumped out. to me. Mm-hmm. And wasn't she saying something about uh, humans are like machines? I remember COH. Had, like, yes. It was, it was how that, yeah. her question was, you know, could, because the OSHA can obviously regulate machines and mm-hmm. she was like, how are humans different than just a machine spewing virus? Right. And that's mm-hmm. that. I mean, to me, I don't even think that's an evil statement. I think that's a statement someone makes when they're scared. Uh, like, you know, I, I mm. think, honestly, I think she's as psyoped as everybody else on this one. Yeah. Well, you know what this makes me think of? And this is a concept that I, I don't, I don't know. I, I understand it, but I don't know that I totally subscribe to it is like, I, you know, I like, I occasionally pop into, uh, Curtis Yarvin Substack, And I know he writes a lot about like the media controlled state. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. And a lot of the time I like see that, you know, like a lot of this shit we're reading a lot of the time, like is formed by the kind of market factor of just like people want hyperbole. And so I read, oh Mm -hmm. man, the media controlled state, like, all right, I get it. You know, like it might not be that much, but but when we're talking about this and yeah, it is like, dude, Sotomayor just like going full boomer mode and just saying shit (laughs) like, like honestly, like even like, you know, parents of my friends, saying stuff like that i would be like man like that's particularly egregious it does make you kind of think about that concept of like the media controlled state because yeah i mean this really is like you said like taking away the mystique i guess credibility of the Mm -hmm. of the supreme court for sure to hear some of this shit i think it ties into also that uh 
what is that the, the mass formation psychosis thing that uh mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. been kind of trending on twitter and being debunked by you know fact checkers <laughs> everywhere and such De- like that the debunked all right so i want to i want to hear about this mass form psychosis is that what it because because yep. i listened to i listened to a little bit you know i'm, I'm checked out of the the socials uh and i listened to a little bit of a couple of these recent rogan interviews with nice. COVID people and it I'll just all intro right now by saying from the little I'm keyed into the discourse or whatever, it seems like it seems like this this psychosis talking point has been willed into existence overnight in a way that makes me a little skeptical. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it seems Mm -hmm. a little like a psyop because I heard it once from somebody and now i hear it everywhere so like pill me on this what is this well, well it's I'm, just a phrase yeah I mean, on, oh yeah see what you know i'm sure you got it <clears throat> i was just gonna say i mean first of all uh right now what they're like what the media is trying to blow up is the phrase quote unquote mass formation psychosis right so they're squeezing okay. in that word formation uh rather than just saying like mass psychosis um which mass psychosis is like you know something that people say uh, that people have talked about before as a general term. Uh, it's something that Carl Jung has talked about a bit. Uh, and it's, you know, it's something that, you know, they used uh, like stuff like mass hallucinations. They're kind of in that same kind of realm of mass psychosis, which is things that they've cited before for explaining away various phenomena. Um, anyways, so that's just some background to say that there is some general conception of the idea of mass psychosis, you know, people getting all wrapped up into a frenzy, um, you know, experiencing basically psychosis because they're just on such shaky ground. They don't know really what's going on. Um, and so essentially, that's kind of what what Dr. Malone was talking about on the Rogan episode. He's just saying like the media is whipping people into a frenzy, essentially creating a state of mass psychosis, which he oh, then okay. went on to like a liken to, you know, what happened in Nazi Germany or places like that, which is always a fatal flaw. Like you, you don't <laughs> ever really want to compare any situation to Nazi Germany because it kind of throws your credibility out the window because it's just like, oh, yeah, it's like the most recent bad thing people can think of. Uh, and it's like the furthest extreme. So it's always it's, just it's, refer it's to too, that. It's too established in the memeplex. Like, yeah. like people, people have the scripts ready at hand to go, oh, you're making a Hitler reference. All right. That that makes a lot more sense, because, I mean, that's like I mean, that's just something that's just patently true. Yeah, like, that's of course. What's, I mean, we've talked about that like ad nauseum. Yeah, it's not a novel concept. Like it's something that like, you know, or it is a novel concept. It's just something that you just kind of intuitively like can grasp. You're like, oh, yeah, sure. People are fed misinformation. People are, you know. Their emotions are preyed upon. Uh, they're driven into irrational states, and then that just kind of spurs on this like psychosis. And everyone kind of like, taps into the same groupthink when you're all getting the same, you know, spew of misinformation. So you kind of like push each other further down into the ditch, you know, like mm. just making each other's irrational thoughts just seem more rational by it also experiencing like a them. Positive feedback loop, exactly. And, and and the reason why it took off all at once, I think, is basically just you know, so. The episode that Rogan had with Malone was, I think, from what I had read, it's the most listened to podcast episode like of all time. It's 50 million people wow. have listened mm-hmm. to it. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. So I listened to about half of it yesterday. That's yeah. So and it's it shadow bands. So those numbers are higher, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, then, and then people that don't subscribe to Spotify and like, you know, got bootleg right. copies, you know what I mean? All that right. stuff. So, normies so like this was the first time like so there there are a lot of normies out there that like may have a lot of the same feelings that we do but they're not you know they don't have a podcast where they're talking about it once a week right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. they're not putting it like to use the phrase they're not putting in the work they're just kind of trying to live their lives and get by and as anyone normal human being should and would so they they listen to this podcast and when Malone touches on this concept of, you know, mass formation psychosis, the reason it took off like wildfire, like on social media is so many just normies were like, holy shit, this explains why my aunt, my cousin, my sister is, has become such a wacko that I can barely even talk to anymore mm-hmm. since this right. COVID thing dropped. Right. A lot of people, a lot of people have found that really distressing. I mean, because th- there's the sort of stress of having to deal with, 
the way society has reacted to this COVID stuff in general. But then you layer on top of that, the fact that a lot of people have had their personal relationships trashed as a result of it, right? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. people won't talk to them. People wouldn't have, I mean, I know people like that, like their family wouldn't have Christmas with them. You know what I mean? Like all, all that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of people, particularly the holidays had just ended. So a lot of that might've been on display. And then they just sort of heard a very easy to digest explanation for what they were experiencing. So it really resonated with them. And that's why I think it became so viral on social media. Okay. Absolutely. That makes, that makes a lot of sense now. That makes and Rogan, a lot of sense. I mean, Rogan is, is huge. And I mean, he's great. Honestly, like I, I really enjoy that he exists in the media space because he just of course. gets these people on and he's very impartial, very like, yeah, we're having him, we're having him on the podcast next week, actually. Yeah. yeah. Rogan, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and this is, I, I don't think it's a sob because it just strikes me as like pop culture, like buzzwords, just things that like, you know what I mean? Things catch a life of their own once there's like a phrase, like Fredo saying, like, there's something to explain. There's always hyperbole, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Slav, like there's always the risk of that with the Nazi comparison. But in the end, w- like, mm-hmm. you know, like the Milgram experiment, you know what I mean? Like that is a study in psychology that's separate from that was after the Nuremberg trials that is like in relation to that uh, inspired it or whatever. Uh, which is that experiment? If people don't know. It's like the obedience experiment, where they're shocking the. Uh, you guys all okay, know that one. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard it's, of that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's basically like uh, they get some subject in and they tell him like uh, you're gonna quiz this person on the other end of the radio. You can't see him, and every time he gets it wrong, you're just gonna administer a small shock, and yeah. he keeps raising the intensity of the shock, and eventually the voice on the other end is saying like I can't breathe, I got heart issues, and they supposedly like stop responding. It's implied that they died. It's just an actor in the study um but and what it's testing and, and it's you know it's testing like you know the obedience the, yeah the, it, specifically to authority right yep, so, so exactly. somebody somebody in a white lab coat how you know how how big of a factor is that white lab coat in this person potentially killing someone the experts exactly yeah exactly that is exactly it because it was it was inspired by nuremberg because people were saying i was just following orders and they're like how far would people go would would regular people do this and I think that's the thing is like people getting caught up in the frenzy. That is a ubiquitous universal thing. It's not mm-hmm. isolated to just and it doesn't always manifest as like a Holocaust. You know, that was an example of it. But this is just a psychological thing. It's not really to do with, uh, you know, yeah, whether, which is, whether I mean, we're which is in why another the, Holocaust the, now. Which is why the debunking is so silly, right? Because yeah. they're the like, debunking is almost literally claiming no giant groups of people are not prone to working themselves up into a yeah. frenzy. That, that right, never right. Well, that's always that's always the funniest. That's always the funniest pretzel to tie the debunkers into. Mm-hmm. Oh, is yeah. is just like bait them into needing to argue against an unfalsifiable claim. Like the very premise of testing whether or not something like that is true or false is just. It's like it's a it's it's like not a valid premise, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for them to be, you know, it, it's like, yeah, it's like being like fact check. I'm not gay. Yeah. Yeah. Check your mom. Yeah. Five <laughs> Pinocchios, bitch. Um, it's funny, man. It's emotional. It, it's, it comes across as very like, I mean, you know, it's so easy to joke about this because the things they fact check are so hilarious. Uh, like all the bi- CGI Biden moments and all that. Mm-hmm. And it just lends itself to being like, all right, I guess this is true. Well, this Fact one, check. Uh, Biden isn't a hologram. They're not yeah, even saying yeah. that this isn't even like verifiable. They're just saying that it's not a concept that exists. They're just like, nah, <laughs> that's not anything that any academic has ever thought of or cited or even mentioned, that's which is just ex- like false. Yep, that's yep. exactly like what Reuters said today, which is just mm-hmm. so weird. And secondly, yeah. like it's funny because they've spent the past like year and a half stating that like – QAnon and like all this mm-hmm, other stuff mm-hmm. is exactly that. You Thank know what you. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's what they use on the Trump. Like he's a, you know, he's a fascist demagogue. He's going to whip people up into a frenzy. He's going to bring hatred out from everybody. Uh, that's what, you know, how he whipped up his uh, supporters to storm the Capitol and all this and all that. It's because he had mm-hmm. them spun into this psychosis. It's the same concept, but now they're just saying, oh, that doesn't actually exist. And no one's ever said that. Okay, so so I get so so what you were saying about like they're emphasizing the formation part of it, yeah, so that exactly. they can overly formalize it to make it 
to make it like this overly strict concrete thing. And mm-hmm. then they can be like, this actually isn't real. At yeah, all. They, you can trust us because we're the people with the data. We're the data people. They're like, uh, if you squeeze this one word in there and you Google that, nothing comes up in academic search. So, you know, the whole concept, which is basically aligned with just general <laughs> mass psychosis, doesn't exist at all either. Oh my it's just God. like saying like a uh, fact check conformity does not exist. That is not a problem. Yeah, There's yeah, not yeah. like mass conformity following like mainstream media outlets. That's 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 false. These people uh, are the literally mainstream just, media is not like paid by like private corporations and all that. That's they're false. literally just doing search engine optimization for <laughs> propaganda now. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's it's. I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy that they they did that. I mean, it's very very just like. And that doctor, he when he was on Rogan, he had mentioned like you know demagoguery. He's like people mm-hmm. being whipped up by demagogue, and it sounded very much like implied that it was like Trump. I don't know how he feels about Trump, but like what you were just saying, like that's how they've talked about Trump for the longest, mm-hmm. and it's just something that maybe that never occurred to them to be like, oh, maybe other people use this tactic. Maybe this is like an age old tactic in history. That people in power use and it's not just trump maybe it's these guys maybe it's the people in the news that do this too like maybe that's a possibility like why not if it works it works why, why would you think that they wouldn't do it and it's the, the idea is just that they're impartial and benevolent and have no other motivations um well it's funny so too because yeah. these are also the people that are like constantly like clapping between words sweaty and saying like <laughs> representation matters and like right. and like you can't you can't say this or that thing because it'll it'll likely inspire all of this horrible shit that's going to happen. Uh, and then like, and then in the next, you know, and then in the next sentence, they're like, Oh, well, obviously, you know, like this, this, these, uh, these narratives in the media don't, uh, don't, uh, affect people's behavior at all. That's (laughs) an absurd concept. It's like, it's like half of their fucking Alex Jones does. Yeah. Yeah. All the fake news does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the difference with Alex Jones, guys, th- this is important to know, is that it's about actual decibel levels. You see, Alex Jones <laughs> screams a lot. And when you're screaming, it does inspire people to do things. But, you know, Sleepy Joe, he's whispering all the time. He's not actually going to, you know, cause any harm. Um, you know, so it's just the yelling we don't like. Yeah, and this is this mass formation psychosis is like it predates COVID, obviously. I mean, there's tons of examples. And even here, more recently, the war and terror hysteria, mm-hmm. all that was obviously a form of that. I mean, what, what how else do you explain that? That people are consenting to being tapped all the time and monitored and, uh, you know, uh, all the culture war stuff with with uh, Muslim culture, you know, all that stuff was all part of this frenzy of, of fear. So, I mean, it's, it's basically like saying the way I took this this phrase is, is saying that fear is not weaponized mm-hmm. to control people, which is like, bro, are you <laughs> how do you not know that? Like, that's a very but I guess that is like a, a, a thing that might be novel to normies. Again, like Fredo was saying, like, if you're working every day, you're you're busy. You don't have time to sit back and think about these things. You don't you don't have time to, like, see how, you know, things connect or whatever. You just you're just reacting to things. You're just like, oh, fuck, I guess this is what we're doing now. So. But yeah, the the impartial aspect of it too is like I saw Fredo on your page that you were, uh, there was somebody talking about this comparison I always see of of comparing vaccines to seatbelts and yeah. fucking uh, smoking regulation, uh, which I just I just I've seen it every once in a while, and I, I forget that that's such a a common line, uh, and it also implies like an impartial thing. Like seatbelts are like impartial. There's no agenda there. It's just a no brainer. It's just safety. But that's the biggest difference too is like there's no big seatbelt industry like right, in pharma exactly. <laughs> exactly. it was actually right i mean it was actually the the opposite right like the, the auto manufacturers didn't really want to didn't really want right. seatbelts to be mandatory right, right. because it used to I mean, you're, you'll laugh at this now it's funny but like traditionally seatbelts were like an option that you paid extra for it was like oh. like a little safety enhancement you know what i mean like uh-huh. a, like an add-on feature and then they had to start making them standardized that wasn't that certainly wasn't the auto manufacturers lobbying for that. Right. Cause then it's more of a cost burden on them and another. Yeah. Cause then that, it's just like about. extra things they have to put into the car. Exactly. And then, you know, it's not like the, you know, the, I don't even know what the belts made out of, I guess vinyl. It's not like the vinyl lobby is like, Oh, we got to get, you know, <laughs> seatbelts in every car, you know? And then smoking is actually even the better example because the lobbying was on the other side. Like that, that mm-hmm. was like, there was no, there was right. no like big business that was like, we got to get rid of this damn smoking thing. You know, we, yeah, the tobacco companies lobbying against it, but that, that was pretty much it. I think that's why like this, this, this aspect of like government regulation 
government oppression and like totalitarianism versus like private interests. I think that's why this a lot of the confusion that goes on with this is very troubling to me. And it's, it's a very it's a big problem where people think a lot of this lib pandemic stuff is just government orchestrated. And, you know, this this goes back to the argument of whether our elites are incompetent, like the Sotomayor thing. Like, like you said, is like, is she orchestrating these things? Is she's propagating these lies? Clearly, she just doesn't know what she's talking about. She's clearly just like a dupe. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, she's just a or whatever. fucking moron. Yeah, well, and that's a, the thing. Yeah. There's a mix here, too. So the thing, the way I always phrase this stuff is this, right? L- let's just, let's assume like the most cartoonish version of lizard people where there's just like, a, a smoky room full of 20 guys that are hammering out how they're going to screw people. Right. Mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. just for the sake of this conversation, let's just assume that's true. We'll take the most extreme example. Well, even mm-hmm. in that situation, they have to create these sort of institutions to carry out their narratives, right. Mm-hmm. For the, for right. whether that narrative is COVID or global warming or whatever, like you could pick anything you want. I'm not trying to even like be political about this, whatever it might be like uh, they need like an institution actually promoting that narrative. And who yeah. are you going to staff that institution with? You're actually, you're going to staff it with true believers because they're mm-hmm. going to do the best job. Right. And then once you put them in these positions of power, like you can't necessarily just flip them off like a light switch, right? Cause they can cause trouble once you've put them in this sort of position of authority and power. That's not to say that they can do whatever they want, uh, but it's not as easy as just turning a light switch on and off. And I think that's part of what we're seeing now is, you know, the impression I get, and I don't know this is that we're actually at the point where like, the people in charge have gotten what they want to get out of the COVID stuff. Right. And they're mm-hmm. ready to sort of wind it down. You know what I mean? Right. At least wind the right. hysteria part down, but they're actually, it's been pretty challenging for them because these sort of institutions that they've created around this whole thing are not necessarily just immediately going along with it in the smoothest way possible. And mm. then, you know, and then you layer on top of that, that you had, you've created like, uh, you know, millions of hypochondriacs and that's <laughs> not right. a thing that you can just tell them, okay, guys, like don't be hypochondriacs anymore. It's not quite that easy. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Especially people that believe in long COVID or whatever. It's like, you're saying like the psyops work too well. Now, how, yes. do, you, how do you unwind this when uh, you, you've, you've convinced everybody um, I mean, yeah, that's that is a big thing. I mean, as far as like, the, you know, there were people there was that article that like Sanrio had posted of like 60 percent of people at the hospitals in the, in the early stages of COVID were like asymptomatic, you know, people just flooding the hospitals and they like had nothing or mild symptoms. You mean you like know? in the in the early stages of uh, Omicron, you mean? No, of, of like back in uh, 2020. Oh, like initially. Okay. I, I didn't know that. That's actually that's interesting. I didn't even know that. Even yeah, COVID you, classic, COVID classic. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what else do you call that besides mass psychosis of people coming in with like mild, like a flu and thinking they're going to die? Well, if you, uh, I mean, did you guys see on Twitter, like Mark Levine, who's the, uh, he's, he's now the Manhattan borough president. Uh, he has had mm-hmm. like varying positions in New York city government, like all week last week was tweeting out like, Hey guys, please stop call calling 911 when you have a sore throat like have you guys seen oh did you guys see any of that God. stuff no i didn't oh yeah so God. i mean he i mean he has throughout the whole pandemic been like a hardcore like you know covidian or whatever like yeah, yeah like he, <laughs> he is called i mean he's criticized biden for not being strong enough on covid he has like said that we should ban unvaccinated people from airplanes like that's his his like you know perspective on this but even him, even he has was like, you know, like, look, if you've just got a sore throat, you don't call 911, don't go to the hospital. Like, we can't respond to, like, they were apparently, I mean, he has no reason to lie about this, quite the opposite. Uh, New York City was apparently just getting overwhelmed at the hospital and also with 911 calls for people that had literally just cold symptoms that were going to the hospital or calling 911. That was my first instinct in 2020, like when it was starting. My first instinct was like when they're talking about the flooded ICUs and all that. I'm like, I wonder how many of these people are going that don't need to go. If there's mm-hmm. like, you know, you watch the news and it's terror level threat orange, uh, you know, and people freaking out. 
how many people are there that don't need to be there? And then if you create the bottleneck, how many people does that unnecessarily uh, kill that aren't maybe not even for COVID? They're just mm-hmm. dying because. Yeah, but you uh, see, it's, it's actually it's my fault. It's actually my fault for being unvaccinated and uh, sending too many people to the hospital. <laughs> We'll it, actually, right. it, has, it has nothing to do with all these fucking hysterical people getting their fucking news from MSNBC and CNN. The, yeah, exactly. And then you, you see this similar phenomenon, too, with the testing where people are like mm-hmm. waiting four hours in line outside right. in the cold for a test. It's like if I was well enough to wait four hours outside in a line in the cold, there's no way I would be doing that. Right. Because but, I would just be like, all right, I'm just going to like, you know. I got symptoms. It's not easy to get tested right now. Like, I guess I'll just like, you know, do whatever Dude, anybody else does. When there's also sick. the aspect, though, of like, so if you call out of work or anything because you're sick, they're going to make you get a COVID test before you can come back. Uh, OK, um, yep. even yep, if you're yep. vaccinated, because like that, I did yep. that the other day, actually. I called out of work Damn. and they were like, yo, you got to get a COVID test to come back. And I was like, yeah, I know it's not COVID like for sure. Uh, I'm just calling out of work because, like, I'm not trying to be there. But I'm telling you, that's probably part of the reason why they want you to do the fucking COVID test now. <laughs> no, for real, dude. And so anyways, now I went and I had to go sit in line where I sat in line in like a drive up testing facility for about two and a half hours. Jesus. Tested, just that's so I could what go I- back to fucking work when I knew I didn't have goddamn COVID, bro. How that's long did it take you to bro, get your results back? Two days. So did they make you stay out of work for yeah. get two more days off from work? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that panned So out it was kind of a W like that was, but having yeah. to wait in line. And like, that's just kind of another dynamic to like some people that are waiting in line at these bottlenecks or maybe going to like wherever to get tested. Uh, they might not just be there because they're freaking out. They also right. probably okay. were coerced into going there as well. That makes sense. That's I true, wonder- man, if they're going to end asymptomatic testing because it's going to be hard because people are going to freak out if they do yeah. it. But mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. you guys saw the NFL ended it. And then I, just before we got on the air today, like I just, I was logged on a Twitter to get the link for this, uh, you know, the stream. And uh, I just happened to see the news story was the UK was going to stop letting people get tested for free. Yep. Uh, other than in certain situations, I think it was like symptomatic or like you were in a nursing home or, you know what I mean? Like High stuff risk. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, for fucking Christmas, I like, I needed to, you know, like a scared animal, like lure my dad out with, you know, the assurance that I would, you know, get a test. Right. 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 Uh, right. Right. And so I showed up to this site with uh, with my girlfriend. Uh, you know, no big deal. I have a girlfriend. And uh, and like and I show up and there's like a fucking it's outdoor. Like you have to stand out in the fucking motherfucking cold, uh, which, you know, sucks. Right. And it uh, doesn't need to don't need to tell you guys why that sucks. And it's this, <laughs> this huge fucking line, humongous motherfucking line of people that are all probably fucking vaccinated. Right. Um, right, right. And like, you know, not that I give a shit, but it's just funny because it's like, you know, presumably these people all care about this kind of stuff. And it's like nobody's social distancing or anything. And you got to stand there. It was like it was probably. Yeah. Like like COH is saying, like probably at least a two hour waits. Uh, and we got there and I had, and this is f- by appointment too. And we, we show up there and like, dude, five minutes into waiting there, I just like turned to her and I'm like, dude, I'm, this is a fucking joke. I'm, I'm yep. we're going home. Uh, and I ended up, I'm, you know, I'm lucky enough. I, I I'm not going to lie to my fucking dad about it or anything. Cause right. that's important to me. I am lucky enough to have a friend who had an at home testing kit. Gotcha. Uh, that Before I they got those impossible were, to get. Those were yeah. getting sold out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, the, dude, the, I, I went to three fucking drugstores to find one. Um, and I ended up, yeah, needing to, you know, I'm the idiot who didn't plan ahead. Uh, uh-huh. I ended up just buying it off my friend who had bought them in bulk. Um, nice. Smart. It, smart it's, move. A fucking, it's a fucking nightmare, dude. And yeah, I mm-hmm. know numerous people that need to do these tests um, to, to work, right. Cause mm-hmm. they're unvaccinated and dude, the crazy thing is right. Is that you, you get all of these fucking libs constantly doing the holier than now thing being like, we need to expand testing. It's so important. And we care about it. Right. Like the whole thing they do of like acting like they're the only people that care about something. Right. And <laughs> like, dude, I'm harder. I'm in, I'm in fucking like the, the, the heart of the blue. Right. Like, like you would think that testing right. is, is like, 
is in tip-top shape around here. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking shambles, dude. Same, man. I, the same thing happened to me because I'm in, I'm, in I'm in New York. There's, like, long lines of people, like, waiting outside for vans and shit. Uh-huh. And uh, I was in D.C. for, like, the holidays. And my girlfriend, I also have a girlfriend, also not an inso. Nice. And she... <laughs> yeah, dude, she <laughs> fucking take that, haters. <laughs> and she, she, like, got sick with the flu. And my family's freaking the fuck out because it's close quarters. They believe all that shit. They were getting mad at me for not getting vaxxed for, like, for the longest. And I did the same thing. I had to run the fuck around with her and she's sick as shit and we had to run around and look for a fucking testing site and everywhere was fucking packed to the brim and you know and the other thing too is you go there and you're surrounded by fucking sick people so there's another thing too if you weren't (laughs) sick you might fucking catch covid while you're there Mm -hmm. and like you know the the sickest thing about it was like you know the 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 uh, you know some places would let me do it like it was booked everywhere but one place was like i'll we can test you uh, we're full for the day, but we can test you if you pay like a hundred twenty or whatever. Yeah. Like if you pay like a side fuck? amount, if you're getting it not from us, like there was some weird Get a fast pass. Like, yeah, yeah, if you're not it's getting like it from Disney us, World, yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. It's like if you're not getting, you're not technically getting it from us. So if you pay out of pocket, we can give it to you immediately. And I was like, well, th- well, that's why. Like, I, dude, I, I don't choice. know if y'all saw, but like in New Jersey, there was a story where uh, a couple sites just opened up doing COVID testing. They weren't like no insurance, no nothing. Like they charged like a hundred bucks. Right. But they weren't real. Like they weren't registered with state or anything. Like, I don't know. I don't know if if they were just Q-tips or they were real tests or whatever, but basically like they ran a bunch of tests, they disappeared. People contacted the state like, yo, did you get my results? And the state was like, we have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, so like that's that was like a scammers. Thing, I know shout out to the scammers out there <laughs> hustling. The other scam that I that I became aware of was like I have a buddy who uh, I mean I can't give too much information, but he's like in charge of let's say a large group of manual labors. And I was just imagining for some reason that you, you're going to be like, I have a buddy. I can't give too many details. He's actually the head of the CDC, but <laughs> the CIA. Uh, his name's, his, I have a buddy. His name's uh, Anthony Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> I call him Tony. Yeah, no, but what the guys would do, like if they wanted a week off from work, uh, is they would just, cause you know, those tests, like if you take enough of them, you'll test positive, right? Like yeah, sure. they eventually <laughs> right. come back positive. So they, he's positive got, too. this was before like Omicronies became the big thing. Like they would just go buy a bunch of those tests, like wherever, and they would just keep taking tests or doing whatever until one pot positive. And then they'd be like, <laughs> sorry, boss. Looks like I'm off for the next week. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a move. That's a finesse. They get expensive though. Like the, yeah, the, they do, the bro. these tests, like like some of them were like you know if you want the full PCR, not just the rapid or whatever, you got to pay two hundred in New York. I some would of them never pay for COVID test, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would never pay for that. Grave, bro. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I it's, saw it's people all... were complaining that uh, for the rapid test, the Biden administration apparently there were price controls on them. They had to be fourteen ninety five, and like two weeks ago. They lifted the price controls, so they they oh cost more God. now. Of course, of course they got screlied and all that. See, this is the thing: is like you know, people like again. I I initially was like, oh, look at all these dumb libs. Like they're all scared. Like yes, I'm sure a good chunk of them are. But like, see what you're saying? There's a lot of people who, yeah, if you're testing out every week because you don't want to get vaxxed, you have to go. If you've been in close contact with someone and your job is making you, you really don't have a choice. If your family is like, yo, like what happened with me and like with Slav, like if your family like cares and you don't want to like lie to them and you just want to give them like a brief peace of mind. And it's even tricky then because I was like, yo, if I do this rabbit test, are you guys going to chill out? And they were just like, yeah, yeah. And then I do it. And then they're like, well, but did you get the full PCR? So it's never enough, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. Or did you make it within the window and all this bullshit? But the thing is, like, you know, maybe it's not people being like insane on those lines, but it's definitely crazy making. Like, even if you don't believe in it, uh, I'm It'll sure just going through this whole process right? will drive yeah. you nuts in some way yeah. or another. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a giant fucking mess. And it was perfect for the holiday season for all this, you know, mass insanity to just this mass uh, formation psychosis. Yeah, exactly. I was trying not to say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to say the buzzword. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's bad. 
It's not great. Yeah. It's not great. I, yeah, I don't think I don't think it makes anybody foolish or anything for, you know, jumping through the necessary hoops to mm-hmm. engage with fucking society. You know, right. like I can't, I can't fucking. Yeah, help. Gotta, I mean, I, I guess mean, I could have. I mean, if you got to get tested to go to work, you got to get tested to go to work. You yeah, know what I mean? And like, and I yeah. certainly respect anybody that doesn't want to lie to a family member. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to my old man. Like, he can't. I mean, it, it does. It does. You know, it kind of comes down to the like, um, you know, like it's real to him, you know? And like, exactly. and like yeah, and just because yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here just being like, oh, but dad, you're fucking, you're fucking psyop. And like, don't you know? And fucking read these articles <laughs> I sent you, dude. <laughs> like, it's like, it does, like his fear is real, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, Their fear is real and you respect the people you love, right? And you, you don't want to lie to people that you're, that you respect. Exactly. And like, I couldn't fucking spend the holidays with him last year. It's I'm, I am spending the fucking holidays with my father this year. Right, yeah, right, so right. It yep. is what it is, man. My family was like, oh, I'm going to send my brother back. Like, he, you know, he was on the train. People were taking flights and they're like, yeah, we'll just separate and do it remote. And I was like, because of me, basically, because my girl or whatever, I was fucking furious. I'm like, are you guys and I'm not even a big holiday person or whatever. But I was like, yo, are you fucking serious? Like, we're not going to fucking cancel all this shit over a fucking flu you know what i mean look i mean like you don't want your parents to get sick you don't want to get them sick in general right even if it's just a regular flu not just course, COVID or yeah, whatever. Yeah. you don't want to do that because i mean it's it's more serious as you get older even the regular flu covid too whatever but at the same time like you know yeah little peace of mind or whatever whatever you know you you do what you have to do or whatever but uh it is real to them to to some degree but uh, I don't know. Maybe in oh, the sixth Israel, booster. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Tell them. Don't so. read into that. Don't read into that. <laughs> but yeah, maybe by the sixth booster, people will uh, snap out of it. I don't well, know. I got, I mean, one other white pill that I saw actually just, again, it was that same British story I saw right before I just happened to get on the stream today was mm-hmm. that apparently in the UK, they're saying there's going to be no fourth shot. They're done. Like they're, they're done with three. So we'll nice. see if that holds, but. That's at least what they're saying right now. Well, so Israel is doing the fourth, right? Israel locked in. Yeah, they were. They they are currently in the process of like testing it out. I think last. Dude, knowing those fucking freaks, they're probably moving on to a seventh by now. Yeah, they're they're planning it up. Well, dude, this this is this is. I think this topic is white pills for sure because. I'd be interested to hear your guys' experience. I've I've met quite a lot of normies who are just like, dude, I'm done. Like I mm-hmm. like like I got I got my shots. I, I got them because I was told everything was going to go back to normal. Uh, everything did not go back to normal, uh, and I you know I'm maxing out. I'm not getting a booster. Um, and this seems somewhat common. I've seen a lot of normies. Uh, on 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 the onlines who have said similar things and uh, yeah i wonder if you guys have 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 uh have seen this as well i have and i wonder you know new york state just mandated healthcare workers to get the booster right mm-hmm. uh kathy hochel and they had a problem the first time around with staffing shortages when they mandated the vaccine in the first place i wonder how that's gonna go uh now that they're mandating the booster you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know a lot of people that got the vaccine, like they like to tote like, oh, 70% of people have gotten at least one dose of the vaccine or some shit like that, which I, I don't know if I entirely believe those numbers I, exactly. As, but, as a side note, I think I thought that there yeah. was stories going around that they've been lying about that. Number. I'm sure they definitely yep. have. Yeah, I heard something yep. along those lines too. But they like to say that. But dude, most of the people I know that even have one or two shots – they got them just so they could continue to do normal life shit. Like they didn't get them like, yep. oh, this is going to save my life. I'm glad I'm getting the vaccine. They got them it's like, oh, now I can go like to do like what I used to do before a little bit. People were just getting it for like wanting a way out in a way. And I yep. think that once they start seeing that there's no way out, that didn't actually offer them the ticket out they thought they would. And they're going to have to keep signing up to get more and more. I think that's going to get a lot of people to just be like, fucking no, because that's not what I wanted to do in the first place. Like you barely you coerced me in the yeah. first place and like fool me once, you know, shame on uh, you should fool me twice. Shame on me kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's a lot of apolitical like normie people I know that are just fairly like generally live. Don't they're not, but not, but out of like apoliticalness, they're not thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, just as the and default hegemony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And they're and they're just like, yeah, I got the first one. I skipped the second dose. Uh, I didn't tell anybody. Uh, that was a lot of people, and uh, you know, and just yeah, and people people that were like like arguing against me when I was like 
telling them COVID was like a psyop in 2020 or whatever. And they were taking it very serious. And then now they're like, yeah, I mean, I got vaxxed. I don't think I need the booster. Uh, I can do whatever. They're just at clubs and shit. I'm like, weren't you fucking paranoid about all this? And like, they don't, they're, they're fine now. But like, I think, yeah, there's going to be the booster is like a hard sell. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next booster will be in hard, oh, a harder sell. Um, but in my mind, I don't think this is very, I don't think this is dependent on consent. I really don't. So that's why I, I, I'm still not like white pilled about this. I don't, I don't think this is hinging on consent. I don't think a lot of this shit was already hinged on consent. Um, and, and it's like, uh, the, the war and terror stuff where like, once you build in some precedence, people just sort of accept it as like, all right, well, this is how it is now. And, uh, you know, Israel, I don't know. I, I, I view Israel as as the you know the future here and uh, i know a lot of people don't think that but i think that in in australia i think that's where we're going but you know it's we'll easier see. to do that kind of thing in israel because it's you're you're talking Smaller. about a, a small homogenous yeah. po- population you know it's yeah. hard, it's t- tougher to do that with 330 million diverse people that don't get along yeah this <laughs> is gonna this is gonna this is gonna fucking diversity is our strength pill me uh, yeah, exactly. We, right. It, yeah. It, this is this is like the Vax equivalent of fucking Clyburn using black church ladies to defeat uh, Bernie Sanders. Like, I like like, like Southern black women are gonna be like my fucking patron saints after this. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess like you know there is an overall winding down of mm-hmm. the COVID narrative for sure. That's undeniable. Um, a lot of like blue check experts being like, oh, I guess this is not a big, you know, having some realizations or whatever. Um, and some people just coping that Scott Adams guy, the Dilbert guy. Is that Scott Adams has been like, yeah, I mean, it's it's wild to see like major, major <laughs> cope. Oh, and, oh Dude, man, Slav, so, so you, you haven't seen, seen it, seen but it's, Scott, it's bad. I feel like I've seen Scott Adams do like three 180s in the last two years. Uh, like, what is this oh, yeah. fucking retard doing now? He's <laughs> he was he, just like he had some tweet where he's like, oh, it's so funny that like everybody who interpreted the data correctly ended up wrong and everybody who doesn't understand the data ended up right. Oh, he's, man, he's, he's making like, like, like a dude. broken hand, broken clock twice. You write twice a day or whatever. Exactly. You know, he was like, yeah, it's, it's just everybody that, you know, everybody that got this right, got it right for totally the wrong reason. And everybody that did all the right stuff ended up getting it wrong. Like that was basically. All right. That was part one of our episode. If you'd like to listen to part two, you can find that at patreon.com slash fed Thanks for listening.